Welcome to the My Rules Are Better podcast. I'm Tom Barbelay, and today I'm going to record a battle report for the Just Plain Chaos rules that I played at work on Tuesday, February 19th, 2019. I have a podcast recording which I'm still editing with Matthew Gibson, which I'll put out in the feed earlier than this one, so it's going to come out slightly out of order. Apologies also for my voice. In the late evening, my voice gets particularly fractured, and unfortunately, it's not really something I can alter, but I wanted to record something about the game that I played at work um, to give some indication of some of my thinking through executing the Just Plain Chaos rules. So the Just Plain Chaos rules, as was put in the feed of this podcast, has various kinds of combatants. The combatants that are aligned with the players are the hunters. These are shock troops with the Victoria miniatures. I use the Australian hatted troops. I can't remember what they're called, but they look like Australians. Anyway, they're shock troops. They typically use grenades. They like to get into close combat. They lead charges, this kind of stuff. So I think there were five hunters and the engineer who is a character and a bunch of non-combatant humans. And they were all based in the engineer's workshop area, which was a large kind of fortified uh, piece of terrain. I mean, I had bits of wall and other things up to represent the fortifications. And also I have a small bunker, which was the main entrance. Well, not the main entrance, that was the main kind of combative part, uh, which led from the outside to the uh, internals of the engineer's workshop. So there was a defensive line, some buildings at about, I think... um, 18 inches from the defensive line. And there were two waves of uh, animals and elite troops that came through. And I think it's animals and soldiers as they used in just plain chaos rules that came through. The first was a smaller group, uh, maybe three soldiers and two animals. And the latter was a larger group, maybe four soldiers, including a sniper and maybe three to five animals, if I remember correctly. The second wave um, actually took out two of the hunters, and the aim of the game, as discussed, was that if the engineer's workshop looked like it was going to get overrun, the two players that were playing, we had two players, uh, would escape in a tank with maybe two of the hunters and also have a retinue of uh, a truck with some fuel in it. So... That was the exit procedure. And the game was played very much where the actual players, while contributing small elements to combat, were really more observing the combat between the hunters and the various attacking forces. The hunters, as I played them traditionally, are very aggressive. So they'll run forward, use grenades, do a bunch of things associated with kind of assault and always deflecting fire from the players in these circumstances. With just two players playing, there was some potential for, you know, them to be under attack in various points. I anticipated that there might have been a third wave, and the third wave would have been larger. At each wave, I had an increasing number of dice to represent the number of soldiers and the number of animals that were coming in. The distinction of the animals are much less militaristic in their thoughts. They really are the let's say, the the negative forces, the evil forces, equivalent of the hunters, except the hunters are considerably more human. The animals have manipulated heads. They 
have a gas that keeps them alive. So if they're killed, there's a gas explosion, which the player has to deal with as well. You'll find all of this in the Just Plain Chaos rules. So the aim for this game was to move forward the story arc where they get to interact with the engineer. They get to see the engineer's workshop. It was an interesting game because we normally have about six players, uh, six, well, maximum probably eight players. And it was the first game of the new year. And a number of folk were either traveling or just were unavailable. So I thought it was interesting to run this with a view initially that I might have had four players, uh, but with two, it was manageable with the view that there were five hunters that were actively playing equivalent non-player character roles. Similarly, the engineer, while repairing the tank and an armored personnel carrier, wasn't very active in the battle. There was potential, if the engineer's workshop was breached, for the engineer and surrounding humans to get into either the armored personnel carrier and the tank. And certainly with the first assault, the engineer got into the tank and ended up running over one of the animals as the animal assaulted into the workshop area. So the game took, we started at about 5.30, we finished at about 8pm, we had about half an hour for dinner in the process, but most of it was just kind of ongoing combat and resolution. I didn't count the number of turns that this went through, I don't have that degree of formality, but there probably would have been, in the first set of combat, maybe 8 to 10 turns, and in the second set of combat with the new kind of secondary wave, um, probably closer to 20 turns, including a scenario where two of the animals actually breached the uh, bunker system. They actually crawled up the upper face of the bunker over the sandbags and into the bunker. And there were interesting interchanges because there were two hunters that stayed in the bunker and then got out at various times. So, you know, it was lots of movement, lots of interchange, and lots of firefighting through this. In general, the rules held up quite well. The use of dice, in particular the modifier uh, for hitting through terrain, through blocking. I pulled dice off the players. On a couple of occasions, I pulled dice off the hunters frequently and similarly the opposing forces. So I was doing a majority of the dice rolls, but I think certainly the players were heavily involved associated with the status of the various characters. And it was a very interesting game particularly because I've not played with such a small group previously. I've always had at least four players in this circumstance, which allows for more heroics, more story arcs, more this kind of stuff. With two players, I wanted to keep them alive to a certain extent, but also, you know, manage the game. There was a point where one of the players that had a sniper rifle was at the far end of the hunter's workshop and actually had to move in to engage in battle. So there were a series of points where Basically, there was only one active player, and even that active player wasn't under attack. The attack was coming very much for the hunters. So back to the rules. The scenarios associated with rolling for uh, various parts of body damage has always been a stumbling factor. The application of health, uh, the roll of a d6 with the benefits, you can roll 2d6. You take the top dice, if it rolls a 6, it's uh, healing the need for bandages, neither of the players had bandages. Neither of the players were technically skilled in order to drive the tank. So the scenario was that one of the hunters had that skill and that was the means for escape. With a subset of skills in particular, when you have a player who has 
you know, high technical characteristics is usually the, the person that actually fixes machines and these kind of things. That player was not there on the evening. So I had to rely on fill-in skills with the hunters. In modifying the just plain cast rules, I would certainly simplify the to hit. I would also make headshots more probable. There's a 1 in 36 chance that the player will get a headshot. And that is far too rare for this game. The game is heavily weighted on the main body and the feet and less so the hands and the head. And I think this needs to be changed. This is something, a dynamic that I've never really liked as it's played out. It would be nice if the sniper rifle specialist, those that had advanced sniper rifle, had a better probability of doing a headshot. So certainly in re-exploring the rules, and I will do a full evaluation when this game concludes, probably there is at least a game or two left in this current scenario. But once that concludes, I'm actually going to heavily rework the Just Plain Chaos rules based on playtesting it over at least 10 games with, you know, half a dozen to eight players. Well, two now, I could say two to eight players uh, having played it. And I have a good sense associated with the rolling procedure. And I think in general, the dynamic with adding more dice and the three ranges and, you know, how dice are applied and removed I think people like that, and also the probabilities to hit are sufficiently good, particularly with the advanced skill set, that it's not a constant, you know, shot, miss, shot, miss. But the targeting of the body, the head in particular, the dynamics are just wrong there, and I need to change the rules to reflect that. I'm not clear whether I will play just playing chaos at work going forward. I wanted to test out some other rules, but I might do a follow-on scenario with the modified rules just to give the feedback, we'll get the feedback and, and put the feedback back into the rules from the players as the game has been played. But I thought all in all, it was a very successful game. We had a good opportunity to chat. There was a lot of camaraderie, particularly around the pizza and wings when they arrived, the food. And in general, it exemplified why I like running this rule set at work. Not too heady, some strategy, some discussion, characters, well, NPCs here getting killed, but a reflection on, you know, just the nature of these kind of conflicts and how they're fought out. My hope was to have the Chechen figures painted and ready. I now have all the Chechen figures. I'm just working through navigating, negotiating, trying to work out which of my regular painters will actually paint the figures. And I don't anticipate that they'll be ready until probably, I don't know, July, if I'm lucky, maybe August, September. So my anticipation is probably I will take a retooling break once we are finished with the current Just Plain Chaos scenario. And I have half a dozen other scenarios potentially to work through with Just Plain Chaos. So it's not like the rule system would just disappear. And I might actually do that once they complete this. I'll give them the opportunity to, to play other uh, possible you know scenarios through Just Plain Chaos. Because I think certainly this one has been built up. And I've received no complaints. People seem to enjoy it. It's interesting, actually, when we got down to just two people, the option, obviously, for the two people was not to be there to go and do other things, you know, when you get to that small number. And both of them really wanted to play. And many folks who play on a regular basis were also apologetic that they couldn't attend. So I think it ticks a number of boxes associated just with workaday catharsis and an ability to do some role-playing, heavier wargaming elements, lots of use of measuring tape, laser pointer to find hits, these kind of things. But, you know, my hope is 
that with the retooling also, I have eight figures with a painter who's had them for about eight months. Well, maybe four months, to be fair, four or five months. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> the original painter who painted the original figures has had these figures from eight months ago, but he decided to stop painting and pass on and all this kind of things is about four months. So I've had it out for eight months, eight figures that change some of the weapons dynamics. And I think when I retool and redo the game, it will be with the addition of these figures as well. So if you'd like to see photos of the game, I took really just at one stage, but to give a sense of the whole area, uh, what the game was like, I put that on the My Rules Are Better Facebook group. So you can see the game as it played through the My Rules Are Better Facebook group. So in the near future, my anticipation is to continue to talk with Matthew, also Chris Abbott, but I have a lot of additional material. I have a, a set of listener questions from listener Mike King that my hope is I'll get to this weekend. But in the short term, through the jet lag and a variety of other things, I recorded one with Matthew. My hope is next week I'll find a nice time to record with Chris. Hopefully, maybe not the late night specials that we've been recording up until now. Just give an opportunity to get out more information through this particular podcast feed. So stay tuned for that. Like I say, within the next week, anticipate at least another recording or two hitting the feed. If you want to get in contact with me, my name, my surname, Barbele, Bravo Alpha Romeo, Bravo Alpha Lima Echo Tango at gmail.com is the way to reach me. The My Rules Are Better Facebook page, another great way. And if you like what I'm doing here, please encourage other folk to listen to this podcast. Send the link onto the podcast, send the website onto the podcast to your friends, let people know, expose it on social media. Do what you need to do to get the word out about this podcast because I'm certainly enjoying recording it, but it's more fun when more people are involved. Tom Barbele in San Jose, signing out.